Good morning on this Thursday morning, and welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to recap where we left off yesterday in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4, verse 1. We had been talking about the certain woman. It says, according to the scripture, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. Now, we had uh, talked about yesterday that there is a possibility, according to Jewish tradition, uh, the historian uh, Josephus and uh, some others, that this was Obadiah. He was the the manager or the steward that was over King Ahab's things during the time of the prophet Elijah with a J. And uh, when Jezebel went on her rampage, he went and hid the prophet, excuse me, Obadiah went and hid 100 of the prophets in groups of 50 and uh, provided for them nourishment, water, uh, whatever they needed. Of course, the famine was sore throughout the land. And some believe that he indebted himself. He borrowed money from where or from who. Scripture doesn't say. Tradition says it was from the son of uh, Ahab himself. But, well, that's what tradition says. But nonetheless, uh, <clears throat> it shows that if we, serve God, that does not mean that we are immune or that we will escape. Many times in doing the right thing, sometimes winds up costing us and paying a price. I remember almost 40 years ago uh, hearing Jimmy Swagger talk about a certain store owner. It was kind of like those little convenience stores uh, owners and he talked about this individual and uh, he became a Christian, so he decided not to sell like, things like cigarettes and, and beer and alcohol. And his bu business went under. He, he couldn't make it. And it makes you wonder, uh, you know, someone would say, well, why, why would God permit that? Well, it was more like, why would his conscience not allow him to do that? Would he be responsible for someone uh, actually getting drunk off the very beard that he sold and then maybe causing some accident or something. We don't know. But nonetheless, it doesn't mean that all the time because we do the right thing for God and for conscience sake, that things are going to go our way. And even though this man, whoever he may have been, he protected and provided for the sons of the prophets. He took care of these prophets that were in the cave and uh, provided for them because there was a school of the prophets during the time of both Elijah and Elias. And the scripture says basically that this man in doing what he did basically got himself in debt and he died and he had not paid the debt. And according to the law, Jewish law, you could take an individual and either sell their uh, family or put them to work to pay off the debt. 
And if you stop and think about it, many times many Christians make the choice or the decision to do something. Maybe they'll uh, uh, use a credit card to give an offering or uh, extend their 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 giving beyond the point of where uh, they have the money and they indebt themselves but by not being able to afford the rent or a car payment or something. But when God commands us or tells us to do something, then there is every possibility that everything will work for the purpose of the individual that loves God, that is serving God, and eventually things will turn out according to God's end purpose for that individual, what he has laid out for them. But remember this. That does not mean that just because we are Christians, we are immune from many of the things that happen. When the famine had hit, it affected both Jews and Gentiles. This woman uh, who had lost her husband, she, uh, according to the scripture here, was most likely of the house of Israel and uh, the prophet uh, wanting to help because he probably remembered very well who this individual was, asked her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, thy handmaiden has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And if we were to use this symbolically, it's a literal story, but if we were to use it symbolically and say that the oil is the Holy Spirit in the life of an individual and we've just got a little bit, I mean, we've not entered into the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't have anything else. The little bit of the Spirit of God in our lives as we yield and obey Him, as we trust Him to guide our steps, then he begins to fill not only our life, but every empty vessel that is in our house. And when you think of a vessel, uh, the Apostle Paul talked about vessels of gold and vessels of silver and vessels of wood, vessels of all sorts, even clay. But when you think about vessels, you think about something that is supposed to be holding or containing something in it. Well, both in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians, in chapter 4, verse 7, it talks about we being earthen vessels, having this treasure within us, speaking about the life of Christ and the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Also, when we talk about vessels, we talk about being empty of ourselves and being filled of God. And God wants to fill whatever is empty in our lives. So there are many things that need to be filled in our lives that are not filled. Because whether it be uh, neglect, whether it's ignorance, whether it's confusion, uh, whether it's just complete denial, there are things in our life that are lacking. They're empty and they need the oil of the vessel of the Holy Spirit himself, if I could explain it that way, to begin to fill those needs in our life, those areas in our life that only he alone can accomplish. 
It has to be the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God, uh, doing it in our lives. Well, as we take the story literal, which it is, uh, it says that he told her, go and borrow vessels from abroad uh, of all your neighbors. And who knows how many neighbors there were. And it says, even empty vessels. And don't borrow just a few. Borrow as many as you can get a hold of. And the scripture says in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 4, And when you are come into your house, shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels thou shalt set aside, which is full. So the prophet here explains exactly what she needed to do, how she needed to do it. First thing she had to do was take what she had in her house, which was the oil, and there have it aside, make sure that it's there available to her. Then go, most likely not just her, maybe her uh, son's helping her too, going into all the neighborhood, all the neighbors that she knew, and borrowing empty vessels. It doesn't say whether the vessels were made out of clay. doesn't say if they were made out of metal or brass. It doesn't say what they were made out of. It just says that they were empty. And when our life has the work of the Holy Spirit, even in just a minute amount, working, then that is the beginning of something great. And many things can be accomplished. The next thing that he tells her is when you come into the house, after you've collected all of these vessels, you need to shut the door. Sometimes you need to keep out the busybodies, the nosy people, and those that are of absolutely no faith. You've got to shut them out and shut yourself in. Shutting yourself in with God and shutting yourself in with the Word of God are some of the best things that you can do, especially if you add to that prayer and fasting, which is another uh, story for another time. But for here, when you are coming to your house, shut the door upon thee and upon your sons. In other words, don't let them out. Just the whole household be together. Uh, of course, we could always say where there's two or three together uh, 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 in my name, united in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It says, upon thee and thy sons, and thou shalt pour. Notice it didn't say that the sons are going to pour, but it says that she is going to pour. So that means that most likely the kids were involved in every single container that was full. One would provide maybe another container, while the other one would set aside the container that was full. So it says, shut the door upon thee and thy sons, and thou shalt pour into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So you weren't supposed to be partial. You weren't supposed to be three quarters of the way, but you are to fill every single vessel to its capacity, to its fullness. Once you've done that, the scripture says, <clears throat> So she went from him and shut the door upon her and uh, her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. So obedience is another key here that we find. 
obedience to what the word of God has said. It sounds crazy. Wait a minute. Here, I'm about to have my sons being sold. And I asked the prophet for advice. And he tells me to go borrow empty vessels from my neighbors. Then he tells me to close the door. Then he tells me to start pouring the oil out of the vessel that I have. It sounds ludicrous. It sounds like, well, that's, what's that going to do? But see, a little in God's hands that we provide from our household, from our house, from our life, can be multiplied so greatly. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, all the vessels, that she said unto her sons, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. As long as there was nothing to pour the oil into, then the vessel was not pouring oil out. God wasn't going to waste it and let it just go on the floor or on the dirt. But it needed to be poured into vessels. As we pour out our life unto God, He will pour of that very Spirit of Himself into the lives of those who we affect. And in this case, her sons were going to be affected. She was going to be affected. Uh, I don't know what the explanation was going to be to all the people that had uh, lent her vessels. That uh, Okay, it's going to be a while before I get that vessel back to you because it's full of oil. And uh, who knows what commotion was going to go through the neighborhood. Wait a minute. Uh, she doesn't have any olive, olive trees. Uh, where did she get all this oil from? Who knows? But what the prophet does tell her is, in verse 7, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said unto her, Go sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Wow. That's how the story ends. There was enough to be sold that not only was the debt going to be covered, but they were going to have enough to live off of for her and her children for whatever was left over. You know, if you stop and think if, if some of the vessels were the size of those vessels that were used for water when Jesus made that miracle at that wedding feast, uh, those things were huge. Huge. So that was enough for her to be able to accomplish what she did. But she was obedient. And that is required of all of us. Well, join us tomorrow on Friday as we continue our line of thinking and finish, finish up with this story. But until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth near. The Lord richly bless you. Amen.